0: Only from Rustolium.
1: Hello, everyone. Uh, welcome to Private Parts. With me, your host, Jamie Lang, back from honeymoon. Um, we have an amazing episode for you today, which I'm really excited about. Um, a great friend of mine, an old friend of mine, I've known this person for many years. Uh, Josh Patterson came on the podcast. Um, he was at my wedding. Uh, He had just come off the back of running 76 marathons in 76 days in 76 cities to raise money for Samaritans. Uh, It's unbelievable. He arrived there. He was straight off the back of the 76th marathon. His body was broken, but he was still there. Incredible guy. We sat down. We chatted about Made in Chelsea. We chatted about his ability to just put himself into these situations and his mindset of just nailing challenges left, right and center. And of course, chatting about his big one, As I said before, 76 marathons, 76 days and 76 cities and what it did to him. Um, Josh, thanks so much for coming on, buddy. We really appreciate it. I hope you guys really enjoyed the episode. I'm going to get straight into it. Remember, please subscribe to ProBuds if you haven't already and go and check us out on all social media platforms. Okay, here's the episode with Josh Patterson. Are we ready to go?
2: Okay. I'm not actually doing this podcast. You, are you going to wear those headphones? No I, I mean, those... no, I can't. I can't. I think you should wear them. I can't. We might. I might put them on depending on the tone of the podcast. You've done this podcast. No, I haven't. Yeah, you have. Are you sure? Yes. No, I haven't. You've done this podcast. My one of the bones I had to pick with you is the fact that you've been doing this now for a hundred years. Are you joking? You've done it. We did. We did a spelling
1: bee on it. You must remember. Come on! <laughs> oh my God! You've de- I've never been
2: on here. Yes, you have. You've you've literally picked. I'm gonna, are you joking?
1: I'm,
2: I'm going to fact check it right now. As well. I'm, I'm going to throw something at you. You've literally picked anyone and everyone in the industry, no. bar me, your friend, no. of, of eight or nine years. Are you joking? You've Josh? had you've had Denzel the dog hunter from Dundee Josh, on before. Josh me.
1: Patterson on private puts. I promise you, you, you were on years, you were on years ago, and we did a spelling bee on it.
2: Yeah, well, I don't think that was me. Yes, it was you. Was it my doppelganger? I,
1: no, I did it. I did it with you. It's, I can't find it, but because it doesn't it, exist, it, it honestly
2: does exist. It Thank on, you. It does exist. It, it is. It's on the. I, I, it is. I just want to throw it out there. People are tuning into this podcast and for the first 45 fat minutes check. of it, we're going to fat check whether yeah, yeah. or not I was on it before. Okay, here we go. Uh, I think we've just lost the seven people that tune in to no, listen to this. No,
1: no, no. Hold on, hold on. Look, I'll have to find it and I'm going to screenshot it and I'm going to send it to you. Okay. Uh-huh. But I would remember. No, you, you, you honestly, it was when I was going out with Frankie Gaff.
2: Wow. Yeah. That's how long we've known each other for. My teeth would have been very different back then. That's how how long how long have we known each other for? So we met in 2018 <laughs> <laughs> and fourteen, I think, maybe yeah. even maybe yeah about two thousand and fourteen mm-hmm. um at Dunmore's house, yeah at a pool did. party
1: that's where we first met.
2: We did. I thought you were lovely, but you just got your penis out a lot. <laughs> um we've actually told the story before yeah. you can tell, no, no tell the story again it's so good this is, this is the greatest thing ever how we first became friends so when i uh, yeah sorry if anybody's heard this story before but when i first met jamie we were at dunmore's house a big house party <laughs> um i didn't really know many people there and and as most of you know jamie is not shy and um, the entire night consisted of Jamie just sort of disappearing and then reappearing with his penis out and doing cartwheels and various different things. And I would say my in my social group, I'm not really used to that behaviour. And for some reason, <laughs> I felt like I needed to sort of like put him in his place slash sort of introduce myself. So when he was in the swimming pool, I thought it was a really good idea in my drunken state to dump, uh, dump in the pool, <laughs> to outdo him and take a dump in the pool. <laughs> uh, I, that's quite (laughs) (laughs) done still to this day doesn't know who it was and so I dived into the pool and swam between his legs I grabbed his penis and thought it'd be really funny to dunk him in and out of the water
1: like a plunger
2: Jamie comes up so startled by this had it been a friend I don't think it would have been as bad but because it was a complete stranger it was utter shock slash fear And um, somehow the relationship kind of evolved from that moment on. Oh, it was great.
1: I remember um, when you first came and did Made in Chelsea. (laughs) It was so good because we went to Barbados and that's kind of one of the first times you did it. Yeah. And we were swimming in the pool together and you told me how to say I love you in Elvish. I did. (laughs) Which is? (laughs) Melashneen. You know what? And, he, and that was how he got the ladies. <laughs> oh,
2: honest, and to this day, honestly, when Lord of the Rings came out... Do Ring, you whisper and you whisper him, out, him
1: go,
2: yeah, the whole Yeah, well, I feel like I've evolved slightly. I've had yeah. to. Um, but that was so funny. I remember being interviewed for that and it was the same spiel, right? I'm sure they get it all the time where every guy who gets interviewed, they come in and it's like you know, you're a womanizer, you get the ladies. Mm -hmm. And it was the same thing with me where it's like, God, you must, you know, and I was like, no, I am so bad with women, so bad. And there was like the panel just reviewing things. And I was like, genuinely, like, I I have such a bad track record. My cup, like my chat with girls Mm. is shocking and um that's when they were like you know what what would a typical date be like and i was like well funny enough the last one i went on i thought i'd be really quirky and speak elvish to her and got rejected (laughs) and for some reason they were like this is the guy (laughs) oh my god we but
1: i would say that you and for everyone if we keep saying fadder throughout the episode it's because that's what I call Josh. We don't know where that came. Fada galaxy, the badder. Yeah, and we call each other Fada. The um, but I would say that you're you're quite uh, you're I think you're quite good with ladies. Good looking, charming, charismatic.
2: I'm 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 33, turning 34. <laughs> I'm single with a six year old. That doesn't scream <laughs> That's a, track record. Do you,
1: do you go in straight away on dates? Do You go straight away in with that? Do you say, hey, by the way, I've got a I've got a I've got a child, or do you do you hold back from that?
2: No, no. really I mean, know that you have. Well, a no, I mean it's not an intense conversation. But I think yeah. if you're throwing that in the mix within five minutes on a first date of meeting someone, I would be like, "That's a bit intense." Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't know, just because someone's got an allergy, I don't feel like they need to share it immediately. Not comparing my six-year-old daughter to an allergy. That's a really weird <laughs> example. Um, no, I, 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 yeah, mate. I just, you know, I've had one girlfriend in my life, and I've just, yeah. I'm, I'm just, I'm good at some things in life, and relationships probably is not one of them, but do you know what? I think I'm seeing it now as we get older, where so many of my friends, they put so much pressure on themselves at all ages, right? To either be in relationships and marriage and kids and various different things. But I think we focus so much on the things that we might not have, that we don't actually appreciate the things that we do. And like, I find myself at an age Give me examples
1: of that. What do you mean? In what
2: way? What, you know, like- uh, When you're single, you have freedom. I'm not saying you don't when you're in a relationship, but things obviously will change. And... You know, I think sometimes when you have that freedom, we don't make the most of it. Go out there and- When you mean
1: freedom, you mean you, can go, you, you don't have any responsibilities. No resp-
2: yeah, you have, you have much less responsibility yeah. than you would say if you were in a relationship or, or you're a parent, for instance, or even a business owner, whatever it might be um, to the individual. And I think just make the most of the time that you have when you have it. And then for me, it's a case of, we've got to stop trying to manufacture things and speed things up. If it will happen, it will happen, and who knows when that is. And so, for me right now, I kind of look at my life, and I have the best relationship with my little girl. I love her with all my heart. Like I've, I, I love my my job and and the life that I get to live. And if at any point somebody comes into that and and makes that even better, then they're amazing. But if they don't, I can honestly say I'm not waking up every day being like, oh god, you know, like life would be a bit better if I had someone there because I think. You know, it might never happen, and if that's the case, that's fine. But I just, I think gratitude is something that we keep, we need to remind ourselves of. And for me, I just feel very, very grateful for the opportunities that I have. That's just something that would be great in the future.
1: Yeah, but it's quite hard sometimes. I suppose I, th- I think we're we're conditioned, right? to from like a younger age to always think ahead. So when I was younger, it was always about, okay, you got exams that you have to think about. And then when you pass those exams, you got to then go to suppose a university because that was the thing i was told i had to do or you have to go and get a job or or hey all of your older kids have got girlfriends so you've got to go and get a girlfriend so you all i would as a kid i would sort of we are sort of conditioned to always look towards the future but what you're sort of suggesting is you've got to live in the present more but that's quite hard how do you train yourself to live more in like and not wish for things that's a
2: great question just time i think time just age, just, time, just time basically buy yourself a watch <laughs> time, buy baby. yourself a watch and your life will change forever i think one of. i heard something recently and i think it's just such a good point that anxiety comes from thinking of the future because uh-huh. if you're present yeah yeah things change yeah and um yeah i mean i, I that, and, and you know if you think about the past it's depression supposedly you have to live in the present? I don't know. I quite like my childhood. I don't know. Well, there was definitely moments probably I'd quite (laughs) like to change. Um, When you had had some fights with people. And lost, yeah, yeah, with my father. <laughs> That's always
0: a good thing. <laughs> wow. Having a, really, really a Yeah, yeah,
2: Wrestling my father at six years of age, vodka everywhere. Just absolute tragedy. Uh, um, but, oh, but but yeah. Do
1: you think, do you think though, um, do you th- do you think you're very lucky in life?
2: Yeah, I'm oh unbelievably lucky. Really? Yeah, yeah, 100%. I, so certain individuals in this world would be religious mm-hmm. and i respect that for me i don't necessarily believe in the depiction of god but i do believe that we have a guide if that's what we want to call it i do believe that there's something up there that that watches over us and i think it's a nice thing to know that maybe there is someone out there um i've forgotten what i'm fucking talking about <laughs> and what the question is i'm sorry but, I can't. Do you- <laughs> <laughs> somebody sat there at the end of their bed going oh my god this is so powerful where's he going with it and i don't even know
1: It actually that yeah, happens yeah. to me quite a lot I, this... sometimes sometimes oh. when i've ever done a tv interview once and they asked me questions i was talking and suddenly i didn't i didn't know where i was going so i ended it by saying and actually at school i was really good at yo-yos <laughs> that's the only thing i could go to <laughs> Oh. the interviewer honestly looked at me oh. like i had gone
2: nuts oh. honestly since, since all these challenges my brain i know we're I, gonna get into it man i can't wait no worry. no but like it's it's so bad there's so many times where i'll be like in an interview and i'll try and hit this really inspirational line and then halfway through go
1: fuck no i, I was saying g do you think you're lucky in
2: life because yeah, because am. and this is the reason why
1: i asked this is because you know uh, you know, some people would look at you now and go, okay, you've got a beautiful daughter. Yeah. You are doing these amazing challenges. You're super, you know, you seem very successful from the outside point of view, but you you had a really tough time to to get to the place where you are. So, you know, some people would say, um, you know, everyone, everyone, and also I saw this great thing actually weirdly from Chris Martin, who's from Coldplay. He said, normally the sort of, because I would consider you as such a kind person. You're so kind and thoughtful and you're very thoughtful. Um, and he said, most people who are sort of quite kind and thoughtful and consider and think about them things have a lot of pain as well that they've been through because they understand that they have to be that way because others are dealing with lots of different. Things. I, th- I sort of consider myself a little bit like that. I've had some pain in my past, so therefore I'm, you know, kind and considerate and things like that. So that's why I asked you if, do you think you're lucky? Or, or do you think that um, do you, do you basically like everything that's happened to you in your past? And explain what happened to you. R- Here round, round, round two. Yeah, round yeah, two, yeah, baby. Yeah.
2: Can we get some with a cue card just to remind <laughs> me if at any point I start dribbling? Here we go, baby. So yeah, I, I I would say I feel unbelievably grateful, and I grateful more as not so much lucky, but I think more gratitude for my life than anything else. And the reason I would say is. When I look at moments in my life where I was and where I am now, it's like, it's a blessing. You know, I, before MIC, I remember after rugby being in my mum's house. And this is when I had a really, the worst bout of depression I'd ever had. and Because you
1: want to be a professional role player, right?
2: I did, mate. But my, my, you know, anxiety just crippled my career. Like, you know, I just couldn't perform. I had the ability, but I just, it ruined me in every game that ever mattered to the what? point where I couldn't even catch the ball. Like, it, it actually no confidence. got, it just got embarrassing, like how bad I actually got. And it was a shame because there were just moments where... I think I showed the potential, but I think had I had maybe a different coach who understood that type of person better,
1: yeah.
2: then <clears throat> things may have been better. But the thing is, I feel grateful because I fulfilled a dream which was I wanted to play rugby, Whether I was good or not was irrelevant. It was just a case of, "This is my passion, I'm going to go for it, and I can look back now and never have a regret because I did it. And, but what you I must have been good? There were moments, mate, when I think I was dropped down to like the fourth team where I was <laughs> like sensational, but that wasn't really the aspiration, to be honest. You don't go to Northern Ireland to play for the fourth team. I wasn't even that good a drinker or good with women. So to be honest, I didn't even really leave much of a mark. <laughs> The funny thing is, is normally when somebody goes on TV and becomes recognized, people then affiliate them with that time being like, that's fucking Josh from the rugby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, one knew. Like, <laughs> no one knew. I remember going back to the club that I was at for two years and no one knew who I was. It was like, oh, this is JP from Maiden Chelsea. Not, he fucking played with me. That was a bit of an anticlimactic experience. Um, but just post-rugby, I remember I came back and I was staying at my mum's house and I was, I was, this is the worst of, that depression I had where I just had no purpose in life and I was really lost and I would sleep in bed until four o'clock every day. Like it was just a very miserable existence. And then I moved to Norfolk. My dad just basically wanted me to work because he was he owned a, a building company building and developing properties, and he was like, "Listen, I just want to get you on the site and I want to get you amongst the workers, just out in the fresh air, just being active." So I was just a laborer, genuinely a laborer. Mm. And I remember coming back one day and I got a face, uh, Facebook message um, from a production company saying, "We would really love to meet you for a show called Maine Chelsea." So at this time, I didn't actually have an iPhone. I had a Samsung flip phone with That's no cool. camera. Oh yeah, baby. I don't know if you remember that. Oh, yes, It was boy. actually a show later on that in a scene when I got a phone call, they were like, <laughs> I remember the director going, what the fuck is that? Put an iPhone <laughs> in this man's hand now. Um, but So I had an iPad and I sat on the toilet after coming yeah. off the building site. And yeah. I looked at my Facebook inbox and um, got this message from this production company being like, hey, you know, would you would you like to come in? And what a campaign! Hey. Meet- hey. <laughs> <laughs> and um, they were like, would you be interested in coming in and chatting to us? Um, which, to be honest, I wasn't. I wasn't actually that fussed, but my dad basically sacked me and said, listen, life is short. Opportunities don't come often. Your
1: dad sacked you. My dad sacked
2: me from being a labourer on his site, which was the one job that kept me alive and um, basically forced me to go to Chelsea, a place I'd never been to, to be interviewed by a show. And the rest is history.
1: Yeah, maybe. I freaking love that.
2: I've gone from the worst depression, no direction in life, no qualifications, because on paper we're very similar in terms Mm. of like... The grades, you know, I, yeah, yeah. I'm not getting a job anywhere. No, un- unemployable. Miss. Genuinely, so, and with, yeah. with my undiagnosed ADHD, <laughs> probably can't even hold a regular job down. Cause my mind's like a ping pong ball. Yeah. I'd be even like, you know, a restaurant. I, I just wouldn't be able to do anything because I would get distracted. <laughs> I'd probably sit with the customers rather than serving them. You know, can I
1: can I just quickly ask you something on that? Just a tangent. I want to just because I, I, I this is my ADHD kicking in. But uh, my biggest fear, right in in life. Right now, for some reason, I don't know why, but it is a big fear. I'm married. You start thinking about families and things like that. I definitely have ADHD for sure, right? I was diagnosed when I was younger. I haven't been diagnosed again, but I do. And my manifest in ways that I, I don't complete jobs, lots of things. I can only focus on things I really want to focus on. I'm really nervous about children because I worry that I would be distracted. You have ADHD, but you have a little girl and you were, uh, you know, you were a single parent as well. You obviously got, Pinks the mum, who's doing it, but you were doing yourself. How did you
2: keep your mind focused? Because it's very different. Is it? Yeah, it is. Because I think you have to understand just the importance of this little thing. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, it it is... Because I think just because people have this issue with ADHD where they think, distractions, and therefore it's a restriction. Why? Because I think we need to start showcasing more individuals in different walks of life, who have depression or have anxiety or have bipolar, you know, who have anorexia, like who have ADHD, but we're not showing enough of like the amazing things that are going on in lives. It's, it's, it can be very traumatic. It can be very, very difficult, but wonderful things can still be achieved even when living with these. So your ADHD
1: didn't, didn't distract you from being a good dad or anything like that. My, no,
2: my biggest issue, I would probably say was imposter syndrome is, is that, that, doubt or self belief in what i can achieve you know i'm constantly trying to prove to myself what's possible because i have a mind ultimately that consistently leads me to believe that i'm weak or nothing so it's just figuring that out and um you know with 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 india it's it's still to this day like you know she's 6 years of age but i did i said this in a caption recently for her birthday where i was writing about her and i was just saying like you know I just know that we've got it right because I look back on the memories that we have together and I look at the person that she's become and it's that reassurance that she's happy, she's creative, she's loving, nurturing, like she's just such a beautiful little girl and she's a little adventurer. She's going to go on and do unbelievable things. Whatever that is, that's up to her and I'm fully supportive of that. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash loss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. How hard is it to be a dad? It's not hard. Really? It's not hard. But what, 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 what is, of course there are difficult moments, but anything in life has hurdles. But. Yeah. Again, we need to stop, you know, this is my frustration is when you, you listen to parents, you, you know, or anyone and, and the first thing is I oh, will go to the one thing that might connect to is like, oh, lack of sleep and you focus on the things aren't great. Why don't we focus on the moments that are wonderful? Yeah. My, my, ba- my baby <clears throat> smiled at me for the first time. They took the first steps or they made me laugh today, you know, or they did this really kind thing. Yes. Let's just focus on the goods. Let's not waste our energy on the negatives. And that kind of brings me back to just the point of like, the gratitude is that, you know, what I, this is where I believe there's this guide where I've gone from this rock bottom, I'm on a bed with no purpose or direction in life to I'm on a national TV show. And so for me having known where I was and I was at rock bottom, I was not going to fuck this opportunity up being on this TV show because this was my chance to change my life. And so Mm. some might go on there and it's just a very relaxed mindset to it of like, I'm going to get suckered into this lifestyle. For me, it was like, I'm going to make this fucking count. I've got zero interest in coming onto this show and at the end of it being remembered for the wrong things or not making yeah. the most of that experience and so I feel like whenever I'm given an opportunity in life I've got to maximize that
1: how bad was your depression when it first kicked in
2: yeah it was it's it's my mind is so overactive but that comes from childhood trauma various different reasons and a, a lack Where of, do you think it comes from, though? Well, it's childhood trauma.
1: Yeah. What, what? What? I mean, we both had therapy, right? So, yeah. Oh, yeah. What, what is what is is yours family based? What is it?
2: Mine was mine was very much family based, and that was that was a, a repercussion of their childhood trauma. It's a cycle, really, and a, and a lack of understanding. And I think the the one of the greatest because they repeat history. Well, the thing is, if you're exposed to a certain reality, yeah, then unless your reality is changed, then mm. that's all you know. And I feel like if you don't tap into what the issue is yourself or look to rectify that, then that behavioral pattern will continue. And unfortunately, when that's then, I guess, exposed to your children or your wife or your whatever your environment might be, then there, there will be repercussions of that. Um, And I think the sad reality is, is that it kind of can go either way. I'm not a psychologist, but this is just how I viewed it for myself. You either become that person too, or that behavior is just, it it, kind of pushes you in the opposite direction where you become so analytical and aware of that, that you don't want to become that person. Does that make sense? Makes sense, yeah. And so for me... They just you completely there. reject that idea. Of 100%. That- and that awareness, I think, is, is what will make me a better parent, you know, and, and more open. And I think what's been great about the life I've lived now over the past six years is that it's kind of opened up individuals' minds to maybe how to be open about things or how to approach things that are less maybe confrontational. Because yeah. I think acceptance is a really tough thing, Fader. Hardest thing. Really, really it's tough. It's the hardest thing. It's pride, right? Yeah, you, yeah, don't, yeah. you don't want to accept something's acceptance wrong. Acceptance in anything is the hardest thing, I think. But also admitting that something's wrong doesn't mean you're weak or, or flawed. Mm. Everyone has something wrong at some point in their life. And that's fine because that's a part of your story. And I think what people need to understand is people don't judge you for what you have. They judge you for how you react to it or what you wish to do with it. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, that's my opinion on it. And, um, you know, I, I, yeah, I, but ultimately I think all those traumas from childhood of what led me to this point. Mm -hmm. And so I feel very passionate about the opportunities that I'm given and, you know, I think there's an element where people say, do you feel lucky? I don't, I don't necessarily feel like luck plays a massive part. I feel like if you got to this point right now, like you're sat here and you look at the career that you've lived coming off that show, mm. would you say you're lucky in your career? Or would you say the gr- <clears throat> like for me personally, you and Sam, your work ethic is unquestionable. And mm. that's what I love about being around the two of you is that you will never give up. You mm. are relentless and for anyone that understands any industry that they're in there are so many hurdles that you face and it's the fact you face these rejections and you just keep going and I like I like to surround I always say to people I'm great but I surround myself with exceptional people well I think I think
1: I think my position on this is that like I think I I'm I'm lucky in loads of ways. I'm lucky because firstly, my family, um, oh, I'm literally dribbling now. I'm <laughs> sorry. This is the next phase. Perfect. I mean, it's, it's pretty, you know, I'm lucky because firstly, um, I grew up in a household where I had a roof over my head. My parents took me on holidays. I had a loving family, I had all, so I had all the amazing things that lots of families don't have. So firstly, that is pretty lucky. And, and to be born into that family, right, is, is a pretty lucky thing. So luck there, um, I think I was lucky that at the age of whatever I was, 21, there was a TV show coming out called Made in Chelsea and they asked me to do it. And that's luck as well and those sort of things. So I think you you get these sort of luck lucky moments without in your life. And look, my health is great, you know, all those different things. Um, and so I've been l- lucky in those ways. But I have a really good work ethic. But I, I strive with work because... Um, it's i think sometimes i was thinking about the other day what the reason why i work so why do i work so hard and is it for me or is it to to do it for other people i don't really know i don't know i think it's for me but then at the same time i get a real sort of um when it, okay when a comedian writes his jokes and stands up on stage and he does his stand up right Yeah, is he doing it for himself he's doing it for the audience and so for me sometimes i think that i I I like to do all these things because then someone comes up and goes, oh my God, I love your podcast or I love your sweets or I love whatever. And I go, oh yeah, it's okay. Do I do it for that or do it for myself? I don't really know. What do you do it for? So, okay. Because the big question you've had is that, I mean, you have done all of these challenges, right? Yeah. Holy freaking smokes, baby. Like these challenges ha. <laughs> <laughs> some would say it's that time isn't there it? we go baby oh. get the glasses on wow some would say <laughs> yeah some would say um they are completely and utterly loopy i met ross edgley ross mm. edgley came on this podcast and if you don't know who ross edg is he he swam around great britain he carried a a trunk of a tree somewhere <laughs> he like climbed up a tree like the, the mountain he's done amazing things right he and he's pulled stuff and climbed stuff and i thought he was pretty phenomenal The stuff that you have done now, I'm not sure I know really anyone else who's done that kind of stuff. And
2: what was the first challenge you did? Do you know what's funny though? You remember that panel I was saying here interviewing me for the show? And they're like, this guy speaks elvish. Do you think at any point they look now and go, fucking didn't see that one coming?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I wow. think so. When we're in the pool in Barbados shooting me in Chelsea, I don't think they're going to think he's going to
2: run 76 or rather than 76 we, days. we knew the insanity was real, so maybe it was inevitable that that's where he'd go. But,
1: but that's, that's the big question, right? Like, you know, and I want to get into all of these things that you've done, yeah. but do you in order for you to like, I definitely have, there's something within me, right? Which is a little bit tweaked. The reason why I can, I can constantly work and blah, 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 and go, 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 go. Do you think there's something within you that is in a positive way, again, something tweaked that it gives you that ability to do these challenges that you do?
2: Yeah, uh, for sure. I, there's many, many reasons for doing these challenges. I think for me, from an industry point of view, Mm. I think we see it far too often where when somebody is in this industry, they feel like they're owed something. I think they lose touch with reality, in all honesty, excuse the pun. Especially reality TV stars. They just just lose touch with it, where everything's given, right? Yeah. And that's where the privilege comes from. And for me we've been given such an opportunity that it, i it's my responsibility now to ensure as many people are given the same opportunities that I was given. Yeah. But how do you do that? How do you achieve that? Well, many different ways. And it doesn't have to be a financial thing. It has to be time, consideration, empathy, understanding, giving a platform. Like there's many different ways you can do it. We all have an ability to connect with people. We just have to understand what that is. And it takes time. Like it's taken me six years to achieve what we did for run for 1 million in terms of like, there was never failures and necessarily successes, but there was just maybe a better way of doing things. And I think the issue was, is we were doing these big challenges, but the problem is when they become so far fetched, you need to connect that message with people. And if you don't, although for yourself, you get that fulfillment I think the impact could have been greater. Do you do these challenges?
1: And I, again, I say I want to get into. It. Do you do these challenges uh, for yourself, or do you do it for other people, or is it a mix between it's the two?
2: Both, one hundred percent. So, what is it? Well, three, is- three, three, three. There's three major reasons. Okay, break it down. So, three major reasons. One, it's the the the. I guess the role model I wish to be to my daughter. Okay, and the vision I wish her to have, which is not to do these things herself, but to believe in what's possible. Yeah. Two is I have a mind that I'm still to this day trying to understand. I have an awful lot of trauma that I'm still trying to process. And I like these challenges because of the people I'm exposed to, the purpose that it gives me and the fulfillment I get from it. Is the fulfillment huge, so fulfilling, so really? Fulfilling. because I can look if anything ever happens to me, if something happened to me today and I find myself in a hospital and I'm told that's it, I can look back on my life and I don't have a single regret. I've made the most i've ma- I've great. made the most of my body and mind in every possible way that I can um. And I feel like, you know, you, you. this sounds quite dark, but even to an element of like India, like if I was to go, my daughter can look at her father and know that he made the most of his time and hopefully I can become that role or was that role model to her for her to look up to in years to come. Right. I know that's probably thinking far too, far too uh, you know, ahead. Um, and then for people, um, I think understanding... The battles that I face, and you've touched on this and how it makes me feel, I'm privileged. You know, if I have an issue, I can afford to seek that help, right? Or I'm privileged in the sense that I have a loving family, or you know, I have an environment around me that's incredibly supportive. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of people out there, bud, who are struggling and they have none of that. And for me, I just that's unimaginable. And so I dedicate my life to ensuring that we can try, connect and support as many of those people as possible. Because I think the issue we have right now, and this is my opinion, is that too many role models in this world or people that we look up to, we look up to them because they're controversial and that's entertaining or they own a lot of materialistic possessions or they make a lot of money. But actually when you talk to these individuals, I don't think people are listening to them. They're not happy and they're not fulfilled. So you think we look up to entertainers? What I think we look up to a persona. And actually, I think we need to strip it right back. There's an amazing line. I really want to get this right. Please don't freaking Melashniga. brain fog now. Melashniga. Melashniga. Yeah, there's an amazing line. <laughs> Melashneen. <laughs> I just want you all to know Melash Melashneen. And um, when you die, don't be the person that has the most. Be the person that needed the least.
1: That's nice
2: that's good does that make sense yeah it makes a lot of sense it's not quite as does it make your boat no. row faster
1: yeah but it, but it's a, but it's a it's a, it's a really I I know what you're saying um it, it's like um you know there's this whole thing which is where uh people say when you when you die give a, give away your riches because the Egyptians always try to take their riches with them try to take their money whatever it is and actually you can't take anything with you so whatever it is wealth love empathy connection language whatever give everything away always yeah. in your life because you you can't keep it when you go anywhere
2: well this is it and I and I think we all we all have a an, an element of like understanding and knowledge and I think we all are given the ability to do something and so what I do is not conventional at all but that's why it's wild I, it it is wild but I think it's this I mean mate we could really go into it There's just a lot but I think With these challenges, they are extreme, but I think the world is really noisy right now and I think it's very hard to be heard. And even now, like the most successful challenge I've ever done, trying to get the media to show any interest was almost impossible.
0: That's
1: crazy to me.
2: Yeah, but what the general public believe in and what we think is very different from the media, they would much prefer on certain networks, I won't mention them, to feature the fact that a beaver's made a dam than... (laughs) Feature a guy <laughs> who just run seventy six marathons around the UK and potentially made a really positive impact into the issue we have. Because, uh, but that's frustrating because you're saying what we're doing is
1: we're living in a in a in a world where actually what people people want gossip.
2: Why? Why? And why, they don't they don't want to. But, unfortunately, but look at the stats. The issue is, is when people go, oh, when you look at the media and you look at the, the stats and it's like people are far more invested into the negative articles than the positive, we weren't born that way. That's just because that's what I think we've been fed for a very long time. And that's just kind of like w- where we're at. Things can change. I think we need to start posting more positive things. And I think yeah. that's the issue. I think ultimately for me, rather than trying to overcomplicate it, The core message for a very long time was somebody who has almost lost their life to a disease and feels very grateful to have a second chance at life. And so I want to utilize the platform I have to try and save and positively affect as many lives as I can while I'm on this earth. Now, there are many ways you can do that. Some will connect via music, poetry, acting, panel talks, whatever it might be. For me, it was a case of for my own sanity, I need to set myself goals which are these crazy challenges and I like the fact that I throw myself into world first things that have never been done because it tests you both mentally and physically I surround myself with an incredible team that connect with that message and equally get that thrill but ultimately say from a, a male point of view which is one of the hardest species on earth to try connect with you know for them emotion and vulnerability to a lot of people is still a sign of weakness And I think what was really powerful about this challenge, and I knew this formula would work, was in order to connect with them, I had to go via the very extreme um, physical element, which is what they connect with, but also be open to being vulnerable and showing the highs and lows. And I think for a lot of men, when they came and ran with me, when you've got a guy's 45 marathons in and he's crying, you can't call him a pussy. How? Because he's doing something on earth that very few people that have ever walked this earth have ever done. yeah. And so for them, it's like re-triggering their mindset of how they've been raised or what they believe, but it's in a non-confrontational way. I'm not forcing it down their throats. I was talking to your team about this earlier. I think the issue we have right now is the world is so confrontational. And I think our approach to expressing our opinions has become so passionate, but sometimes passion can be misconstrued as aggression. And I think for me, it's a case of, this is my narrative. I'm okay to cry. I'm okay to be vulnerable. But also when I do... It's not going to be over the top. And I think when you looked at the footage of the challenge, I wasn't over dramatic on cameras. It was a case of you could see from a distance that I was not in a good way. And I think people appreciated that too.
1: You're just being authentic.
2: Well, this is it, mate. I think this is I think authenticity is key. And I yeah, think the general sure. public are really quick to to see bullshit, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. And um, slowly but surely. You know, I feel like we're getting there now. And I think what we witnessed with the last challenge is the start of something very, very exciting. And I think for me, what I take a great deal of pride in, and I want us to start seeing more of, is that when somebody talks about struggling with their mental health, Mm -hmm. if you look at a lot of individuals, say, in this industry, athletes and actors, it tends to be at the demise of their career, how many athletes do we know that speak openly about their issues with their mental health actually bounce back to the athlete they once were? Very few. Mm. And yet you've got an individual here who took up running 3 years ago and has just run 76 marathons consecutively, who openly admits that he really struggles with his mental health. Like every day's a battle for me. Is it really? Every right? day's a battle. And that that's what makes it unique. Mate, look at the state of my fi- like my fingers. Lately, I've really got into a bad habit now. Of like, you'll see it. You guys, of, will know. of chewing, picking, chewing. My anxiety, I have since I've well. come back, is really bad, um, and it's something that I struggle with. And I think is that
1: though. fan, Sorry, and I, 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 we're going to stop for part one in just a second. Is is that because um, when you're when you're doing a challenge like that, you're so fulfilled, you have such a purpose. And it's almost like a drug. And then when you're not doing that, it's almost like you're itching to do the next thing.
2: No, I think for me, it's not a drug. It's a case of I'm at peace when I do it. What individuals, when they look at these challenges and they see the extremity, I just see peace. Like it's my happy place. That feels like a drug though, maybe in in a good way. Well, no, because there's no distractions. You know how we talk about like overactive minds? Yeah. What I love about these challenges is that I have a simple goal and it's one thing. And that is to wake up, that's to commit to my training, you know, and then when it comes to the challenge, that's it. And I think when I come back here, there's so much going on. so much noise. Too much noise. And for me, that We're just- We're simple beings. We just want to be, Mate, yeah. All I want is my daughter. I just want to be in the country and I just want to do my challenges. I don't give a shit about making money. I, if, the, if there's a book on how not to make money, it's me. Do you know how many agents I've had who have sat me mm-hmm. down and gone- Big guy, like, come on, we love what you do. But we need you to start earning as money. Because the issue I have is, is that my time is so invested in these charity challenges yeah, yeah, yeah. and getting sponsors in and funding the projects. But it isn't always earning a living. And so for me, now it's about trying to find that fucking balance. Yeah, but
1: business paying two currencies, cash and experience, take the experience first, the cash come later. Do it because you love it and it, wanted the experience and, and cash will just be a byproduct by the end, 100%. Yeah. Like, like it just takes time. It just takes longer. And actually, we live in a society where we want in, instant gratification. So you get drunk, you have a beer, you get drunk, you want to get high, you take a pill, you want to be entertained, you watch YouTube. But actually, things take a longer time to to achieve stuff. I think it takes 10 years to build something and actually start making financial gain out of it. So, so there's no rush in, in that field, but people are so... Rush to it. But we're going to stop there for part one. Um, we're going to come back in part two when I want to hear about what happened to your body during the 76 marathons and 76 days in 76 cities. Are you ready for it? Oh, oh yeah, baby. We'll, hey, listen to everyone. Go and click over to part two right now to hear the rest of the episode with my friend, Josh Patterson.
0: Small details are big surfaces?